The short game is listener-supported on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and join us on our Discord, head to theshortgame.net or patreon.com slash theshortgame. This is a show about short video games, games that respect your time. I'm Reagan Kelly, and this week I am joined by my bro host. Yes, it's me, your brother. <laughs> uh, it's Shane. Shane Kelly. And this week we're covering Before Your Eyes. Uh, Before Your Eyes is a... Well... Uh, okay, we'll have to figure out how to describe this It's pretty this unique. Game. <laughs> it's very, very unique. And it's yeah, very um, up our show's alley, so I'm glad we're, we're uh, taking the chance to cover it. Yeah, I, I I knew I would like this one um, based on just some of the initial pitches. It, it sounded very much like it would be for us. It's uh, it's a game where you are, and I mean you, the player. Uh, every time you physically blink your eyes, the scene is going to be cutting forward. You know, the the sometimes you might be moving a few minutes or uh, very far into the future, and that is. That is essentially the pitch for the game mechanically, and that is pretty much all that I ha- I had going for it um, when I thought I decided I wanted to play it. Um, and then you 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 quickly discover that this game um, is taking that 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 idea of like kind of blinking is something that we all do mechanically, you know, on autopilot automatically. You don't notice ninety percent of the blinks you do. You probably blinked while I spoke the sentence, um, and so when you are Using that to kind of play off of the idea of something you're experiencing that you might, you know, not want to just sort of slip through your fingers, um, you know, that that's the immediate tension of the game. And I think it's great when you can have kind of a, a, a mechanical idea that's immediately immediately implies some sort of kind of story tension. And, and they really pulled this off. I thought they did a really good job. Yeah, absolutely. I, so there's a few areas that I think are worth talking about here. And some of them are going to kind of be mm-hmm. locked into spoiler territory. So like this game is a, from, from my perspective, this is a, a huge success, both in terms of merging this really interesting, unique control mechanic, which we'll talk a little bit more in depth about, uh, with its sort of storytelling approach. And those are both things we can talk about mostly without spoiling the details. But it also, I think, does an extremely good job of kind of bringing that together with a uh, like a thematic thrust that just absolutely works. Um, this is a really, really moving experience like a really good story well told in a way that i found extremely like um moving and that part will have to stick behind the spoiler break so trust me on that in that it is an extremely well done moving narrative also about an hour and a half long which great yeah the thing is that i know we can talk about spoiler free um the big sort of headline thing about this game the sort of pitch is that this is a game about your life flashing before your eyes. The sort of initial setup is you are you are a dead person, you're a lost soul, and um, your soul is sort of awash on a sea of lost souls, and you've been plucked out of that sea by this sort of soul fisherman, this like uh, this like boatman across. It's not exactly a river sticks scenario since it seems like it's more of like a wide ocean. Um, but this sort of dog slash wolf like man, very weird image with that character, um, who is a kind of uh, ferryman taking souls from this vast sea uh, to a kind of final resting place, I guess, uh, that he only explains as the gatekeeper, who's going to potentially, if she thinks your life is interesting and believes your story, uh, will let you through into whatever is beyond this, right? So we know you're already dead. And um, in order for him to tell your story to the gatekeeper, he needs you to relive your life for him Uh, You know, on fast forward, he's going to kind of you're going to blink your way through your life. Your life is going to flash before your eyes uh, so that this ferryman guy can observe it and recount your story to the gatekeeper. Um, Mm -hmm. And he kind of explains this to you all in like one very brief scene. Uh, And the sort of life flashing before your eyes thing, what I think isn't clear from the way they position this, like they say, like, 
every time you blink, the story will jump forward. That's not exactly the case. Um, that's a little bit of an overstatement. And honestly, right. if they had kind of gone entirely in that direction, I think this would have been almost impossible to play. But what this does is sets up scenes. So you're reliving your life from babyhood through adulthood. Um, and in every scene, something will play out, you know, some moment from your childhood or what have you. And at some point in the scene, and usually earlier than you would want, a metronome, which is thematically important because there's a lot of music vibes going on in this game, but like a metronome appears and begins tick, tick, ticking away. And once the metronome appears and starts ticking, if you blink and your webcam sees you do it, because the the webcam, it, I thought their detection on this worked really well. We can talk about that. But if you blink while the metronome yep. is on screen, then it will instantly advance you forward to the next scene. By the time you've opened your eyes, it will usually have already loaded in the next scene. And their trick here is that a lot of the times it'll be giving you scenes where you'll want to hear more or want to stay in that moment. And the you'll, so you'll be trying not to blink in those moments. You know, your your mother will be telling you something about her life or your you know or or you know uh, um you'll be spending a moment with a treasured friend or perhaps more and you'll want to stay in that moment and then tick 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 and if you know that when you blink which you know this made me very very conscious of how often i blink you'll know that when you blink this moment will be gone and so it leaves you with this constant feeling of like fighting against moments slipping through your fingers in a way that's like more more explicit than i think i've ever sort of that's like a that's like a really common vibe right in in things about like you know this was your life you know or looking back on your life is like that you know these all these all these precious moments are are also suddenly lost but like nothing makes it feel that way by like having to fight not to blink in order to miss not miss it one thing this brought me back to a little bit was uh, we did 30 Flights of Loving for this mm-hmm. show. We talk about it a lot in retrospect, I guess because it was very influential. But uh, that was a game that really played with um, kind of film quick cut edits. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see a lot more games playing with that now. And this game is playing in the same space, but by adding this kind of um, very um, unique kind of triggering mechanism based off of like, you know, something that you have some degree but not complete control over uh giving the player like some but not complete control over the over the that kind of that kind of quick edit is a very neat way to play with this in terms of just the filmic editing uh that they managed to pull together here um i also think there's something very stagey or like theatrical about it because Mm -hmm. There's a there's a visual style here. I have a hard time explaining it, but um, frequently, if, you, if you're doing like black box theater, uh, by which I mean like you know small stage, uh, this typically theater in the round. A lot of the times, they divide up the stage by putting like a little platform somewhere and and dropping a single spotlight on it. And so often, you're you're really kind of zoomed in on a particular spot on the stage, so to speak. Um, they do that a lot in this game where the scene around you is um you know you're not moving as the viewer um but you can control the camera with your mouse i think this game would be interesting by the way if they were able to do it in vr and have you actually uh use your ability to look around i think it would work entirely if it if it had been done that way it it would totally work in vr if your vr if your vr headset could sense blinking which like i can't imagine most of them do yeah which i don't know i don't believe most can yeah they would they would have to be pretty specific for that the 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 kind of spotlight effect um a lot of times the the scene that you're in is kind of black or blank um but you are seeing elements of the 3d scene as though you could only see the elements that kind of have this soft edged spotlight yeah. Um, hitting which i think is it's kind of interesting and they also use that to kind of reveal elements in the scene as you go i love that too because it really sort of fit with this idea of like recalling slightly dim distant memories you know thinking back on like mm-hmm. like like the very first moment or one of the first moments in the game you are a little baby in a bathtub uh you know by the way like anxiety memories of uh edith finch i thought of the the game edith finch many yeah. times as i was playing this um 
but uh, in that moment, like you're, it, it feels as if the bathtub is the whole world, right? And then it slowly starts sort of, you're, you're saying it's sort of like a spotlight and that's absolutely right. But it sort of feels like it's, it's like, it just like casts light on and suddenly renders in more elements of the world. Your, your, your awareness of the world is expanding and yeah, it's really, really effectively done. It, it has this very film-like feel. And, it, you know, 30 Flights is a good touch point there. Um, but it also just sort of like, it, well, it, it lets you do, it, it does more than just jump cuts with the blinking mechanic. So like, for example, you know, in many situations, there'll be something you need to interact with. And what you do is sort of point the camera at it. It'll show a little eye icon on it. And if you blink while pointing at it, then it'll take some action. Um, basically anything that you would do in a more adventure gamey style thing with a click here, it does with a blink, but then it'll do some even more unique, uh, interactions with the blinking mechanic. The one that stuck out the most to me, what, what I thought was like really clever, uh, was a little later in the game. There are a number of times when you as a child are trying to listen in on your parents, you know, your parents are in the other room having an argument or something like that, for example. And, uh, and you can't quite hear it. But if you close your eyes, then the sort of background audio fades away and you can hear your parents more clearly and you can like listen in on these conversations that they're having that you're not supposed to hear by kind of like shutting your eyes and trying to listen closely. And that was like an incredible little mechanic. I thought that was like really, really clever. So mm -hmm. they, they, they made this the, sort of on the technical level, the, this game's ability to detect if you are blinking. Uh, you know, you have to position your head sort of, you know, within view of your webcam and you can't be like looking around, obviously. So it's, you know, there's there's some level of it that like isn't 100 percent perfect. But like I was so impressed with it from a technical standpoint, it did a very good job of tracking my blinks. And while I was playing the game, as long as I didn't like move my chair too much, it just worked. And it was very immersive. We can't really spend that long talking about this game in terms of like what it's doing mechanically before we start getting into what it's doing thematically. So yeah. I really only want to share a couple more things about the style of the game, um, about the visuals and about the music mm -hmm. uh, before we get off of this. Uh, the visuals, uh, I think, are like clean and effective. Uh, the, the one thing I will say, uh, I have some critiques of the visuals. The music is beautiful oh, throughout. It's very and good. Excellent. And it's, you know, and it's used thematically and, you know, they they use good. Uh, but anyway, but the the I had some issues with the visuals of this game. One is just something that's a personal issue for me. And this is something that I, I, I see everywhere and I am often irritated by. And that is uh, what I can only refer to as Tumblr nose. Uh -huh. uh, it is in yeah. everything now. Uh, this is where, you know, in cartooning, often you have a kind of a different color applied to the nose from the rest of the face. And, you know, in things like cartoons, this is done, obviously, because having a little bit of contrast makes something visually distinct. But it is a, it is maybe a pet peeve of mine. It makes everyone look like, um, I don't know, Pinocchio or something to me. Um and it is it is, it is uh, an odd style, uh, and, but you know done well here. It's it's done very well. It's but combined with kind of a low poly style. The thing that really I had I think is more of a of a thing I want to kind of bring up is about the uh, mocap performance. Um, I can always spot it when a game uses uh, motion capture because it, 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 you'll have. Um, movement for your human characters that doesn't match the movement of anything else in the game in terms of style, you know, style uh, animation. This is a game that is very film like, but really it's more animation like because they've chosen a really cartoony stylized look. Mm -hmm. uh, but then when you take mocap performance and just apply it to these really low detailed characters, um, I, you know, I, it's something that for me, I think there you could convey a lot more either by having more realistic, more human characters um, or by uh, animating them in a more traditional animation way. So you get these characters that are very traditional animation in terms of their style, uh, little little red-nosed circle faces, 
uh, and then you've got the animation that is very, um, you know, it, it looks kind of jarring to me, especially when you have things like the uh, the character of the wolf guy who mm-hmm. has a strangely flat face for a wolf and then like clips through the floor when he's crawling around trying to howl at the moon. Like it's it's very obvious that they mo-capped this one guy on a stool one time and then just like put it into the scene. All the vocal performances are amazing, but the but the but the mocap performances I, I take an issue with. And then that really stands out to me when you compare it with the animation that they did for the non-human characters, and there are quite a few, like the birds and the cat. Uh, you know, there's a moment where you scare the cat by taking a, a flash photograph of it, and it's perfectly cartoony. The cat like jumps in the air and like scrambles its feet before running off. And it's stylistically 180 degrees from where they went with the human characters. What, do you think it, the, the 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 other characters other than the boatman, the, the wolf man guy, were mocapped? Because I think he was the only mocapped one. I think the rest absolutely. of them. You think so? No, no, absolutely. They were all mocapped. Yeah, really. Okay, because like he was, I, I he was like he was like really hamming it up. Like I, I agree that that particular performance kind of stood out for me, and not necessarily in a positive way. He was this like he was a you know non human character. He's like a wolf man, right? Um, and he had this sort of like frenetic energy to his movement that didn't read as like part of the larger piece to me um he is sort of just like this like uh what do you call that like a you know he's he's only in three scenes basically he's there to sort of introduce you to the game and then he's in a very pivotal sort of middle game moment uh and then he's in at the very very end and right um i don't know it didn't take me out of it exactly because he was sort of just part of a frame story um I don't think the other human characters' performances were as distracting to me, but he was just like this. No, like hammy. It's because of the way they're directed, too. <laughs> yeah, I, they, I thought they were all fine. He's very hammy, and it, that does make it stand out there. Yeah, but like again, you're right. Like the the vocal performances were a uh, uh, amazing. Like the mom and dad performances were Excellent. like top notch. Uh, like voice acting performances for a video game, like really emotional. Uh, I just thought it was like performance wise at least from that aspect was really excellent like and that you know that's so important because this game really hinges on emotional beats and like you know you really care about all of these characters i at least i did i thought all of them were like really really well defined interesting mm-hmm. relatable characters that i deeply cared about by the end of this story so you know, really well done there. I would compare it uh, in that way to the game we recently covered, uh, Adios. Um, we have not covered Adios. I, I you played Adios, and we, we haven't didn't. we haven't done an episode on it yet. I would like. Oh, to. Oh, I forgot. We never actually got to talk about Adios. Well, we should talk about Adios, but I'll, I'll just say Adios is not as good a game as this. Uh, but they are similarly trying to kind of have a like a brief interactive experience that, in many ways, is a lot like a play. So, um, yeah. Let's talk about Adios later. Yeah, I'd love to, actually, now that you mention it. Um, so I, I do think we need, before we start getting into actual spoiler territory, we haven't really gone into the initial setup of the story too deeply yet. And I think it helps to kind of explain before we dive into talking about any early game story beats that we think we might be able to actually talk about spoiler free uh, to kind of set up the structure. Uh-huh. Um, I don't think this is a spoiler to kind of explain that like the game has is divided into two halves. There's a sort of a, a mid-game turn, and we weren't going to talk about anything mm-hmm. after that sort of mid-game turn moment pre-spoiler break. I, I don't know about this. I think we I think we should we should say right now uh, just give our recommendations on the game because I think this is a game that benefits extremely from going in without an understanding of like what the content of the story is entirely apart from what we said. Yeah, I think you know, this you're, is a point probably where right. I would say if you're if you're intrigued by this game, like you shouldn't, you should just go in. You should just go in blind. Um, if you have the ability to play it, so let's just tell people yeah. where can they find the game. Yeah, and I have a couple other things maybe to share at that point too. Yeah, so it is it is on um, Steam and the Epic Game Store. Um, I I believe it was ten dollars on both uh, on both stores, mm-hmm. and it's uh, I believe it's Windows only uh, at this point. I would not hold your breath on this reaching any other platforms because. First of all, um, most first of all, it probably won't come out to any consoles because most consoles you can't rely on people having a camera of any kind, and the few that do, like you know, if you happen to luck into some people with PlayStation fours who have the like PSI hooked up, which like no one does, uh, it's it's too low resolution 
for this thing to do its its magic with the webcam. Um, so well, we don't know that for sure. Well, probably not. Like I, I would, I would bet. Um, so I think but I, I do think you're probably right. Like this is going to be a game for for PC. I'd like to see it come to other. I think um, to like maybe Mac or something. Yeah, like it would be nice to see a Mac port. Um, at the at best, you could potentially hope for a mobile port. But I think that would like the fact that like if you're doing this on something like a mobile device, although those all have webcams, they all have 720p webcams, and you can generally expect the camera to be shaking around uh, when someone is holding a device. So I think there's the, the the odds that the the tech for the blink detection here would work well on anything other than a PC with a webcam pointed at your face that stays relatively still are very low. Um, so this is going to be a game that like if you want to play this, and I strongly recommend playing this. Um, you know you'll you'll need to mm-hmm. seek out a Windows PC with a webcam in order to do it. I had to go uh, steal my webcam back from my wife who had it set up for her work from home setup um, because I don't typically have a webcam connected to my gaming PC. So, um, you know, whole thing going on there. Um, but yeah, uh, 100% worth picking this game up. And also, uh, I, I did want to just quickly like note a couple of things about the history of this game. I thought it was kind of interesting that this game has gone through a few name changes and everything before during its development. This game was on Kickstarter uh, in the form of a game called Close Your, uh, way back in, oh, I don't have the date in front of me. I think it was 2016. Uh, so it's had a long development cycle. It started as a student project uh, that was basically a uh, like a, a proof of concept for the idea. And the original game, Close Your, Live Life One Blink at a Time, uh, is incredibly different in content. It feels like they figured out this mechanic, and it took them a very long time to figure out what story they actually wanted to tell with it. And they really nailed it. They really landed on a story that fits well with the uh, with the experience. And you know, uh, uh, as of last year, this game sort of emerged from like Kickstarter, uh, you know, uh, ghost territory. And reemerged with the title Coda, uh, which I think is also a very good title. Uh, but they found out that a game or a movie rather uh, launched at Sundance, like right uh, right when they announced their title, that was also called Coda. And so they had to change their title yet again. Mm-hmm. And so uh, here it is, titled Before Your Eyes, which I think is actually a really good name for this experience. You know, it kind of reminds you know, it kind of kind of pitches at. at what the big strength of this game is the the eye blinking mechanic and also this idea of like life flashing before your eyes um so yeah i think it's a really really well executed game and i'm really glad that these devs kind of carried this idea through one other thing that i think is kind of interesting and notable um there's been a little bit of I, i wouldn't say controversy but like kerfuffle around this game in that uh there was a a kind of a there was a, there was a Twitter thing about how this is a game that is an hour and a half long and the, uh, the deadline for refunding a game on steam is two hours. So this is a game that literally everyone who sits down to play it will probably be able to complete it a hundred percent and then refund it if they want. And obviously this is not very pleasing to the developer. And there were a couple of examples of people tweeting that they had done just that. Uh, and the developer, uh, you know, obviously like saw this on Twitter and there was a whole, whole thread about it from him and everything. And the main person that I saw who had said that they did this sort of apologized and said they were, you know, taking advantage of a broken system, et cetera. Um, I I thought it was very funny that this developer, one of, one of the things he did in response to this was created a game that he has just submitted to steam called refund this game, a game that just displays a two hour countdown And uh, if you get that countdown within five seconds of the end of your two hour window, uh, you you get an achievement and and that's it. And I think the game costs $100. (laughs) (laughs) So um, he has, I think, a very valid concern about the the refund policy on Steam. Uh, And this is exactly the kind of game that I think will like really, uh, I don't know how much, refunding actually happens on things like this but it certainly doesn't feel good to see people on twitter saying that they played this game that they loved it that it was moving to them and then they got their money back um that sucks um yeah it's it's only ten dollars i know come on all right ten dollars is different to a lot of different people and 
I know there's probably some people listening to whom like ten dollars, you know, might be the difference between having, uh, you know, a, a nice lunch and not, uh, or something like that. But yeah, it's uh, it, it the, when I see people online who are just saying like, okay, this, you know, this is something that you can get for free. Well, you know, if the artist doesn't want to give you their work for free. I don't know. At, at that point, if that's really if that's really where you're at with this, Whatever. just watch a let's play on YouTube. You know, don't abuse the Steam yeah. refund policy. You'll, you'll be good. Yeah. So we are about to dive into discussing the story in more detail, and especially talking about the themes that this game addresses. Um, and so this is going to be spoiler territory. So I'll go ahead and do our outro now. We're going to do our spoiler break. Uh, First of all, thank you for listening to The Short Game. And uh, if you want to find our show on the web, you can find it at www.theshortgame.net. You can find our contact form there to let us know what you think or to suggest games for the show. That's a great way to get in touch with us with a longer message. You can find us on Twitter at underscore short game. Uh, best way to get in touch with us is to become one of our patrons. If you go to patreon.com slash the short game, uh, then that gives you instant access to obviously you can message us through Patreon if that's what you want to do, but that also instantly gives you access to our Discord, which is where we talk about the show. We plan episodes there. We talk amongst ourselves about all kinds of stuff. Today we were chit-chatting about baseball and games that we're planning to cover. So if you want to join us there, we would love to have you. And we have some new patrons. Thank you very much to our new patrons. Um, we'd also very much love it if you would take the time to review the show on your podcast app of choice. Uh, I'll just put this out there. We haven't had a new iTunes review in months, and that is a little a bit of a bummer. We would love to have those if you have a minute or even if you just want to go in and update them. That helps. Yeah, those matter. Yeah, they really do, and they help people find the show. I know that um, iTunes or the podcast app from Apple has just gone through some kind of major renovation, uh, and so where you find that, now, I don't know, uh, but also, uh, if you do, uh, it's probably, you know, they're probably tweaking their algorithm right now, and it definitely helps us out uh, when people review the show and, uh, and uh, or even just go in and, you know, leave us a, a rating. So uh, we like to think we are a five-star podcast, and uh, we hope you agree. If you, uh, um, uh, and okay, before we get into spoiler break, I'm, I'm Reagan Kelly. You can find me on Twitter at Reagan K. Shane, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at 8BitShane. And ladies and gentlemen, this is your spoiler break. Wow, this one made me cry. Like, more than I was expecting. Like, quite a bit more. Um, I... I, I, boy. Okay. So, uh, I, you said we don't want to go bit beat by beat and I agree, but I do think I want to like set up the kind of the thing that really, the, the turn in this game, uh, that really changed what this game was to me, you know, the, the beginning of the game, yeah. um, you know, you, you believe you're playing a game about like a young artist, right. And I'm, immediately gonna identify right this kid was like trying to go to an artsy school shane you and i both went to artsy school uh we were theater mm -hmm. kids not anything yep. as as interesting as like a good pianist or anything but like you know i was immediately identifying with this kid who was like being propelled forward into a life in the arts by a, a parent who was you know a, a you know, I wouldn't exactly say failed, but sort of, you know, didn't achieve her ambitions as a uh, as a composer. Yeah, specifically, she was um, she didn't feel like she had lived up to her own father's expectations of her. Um, and I think that's important. Oh, yeah. To the uh, to the story. Yeah, her her uh, her motivation in music was based on her father's her. So she basically the main character who is named Ben Bryn comes from kind of a line of uh, musicians who have not lived up to their parents' expectation. <laughs> yeah, and she had this, the mother had this whole monologue about how, you know, her father told her that, like, uh, the only way to live on after you are dead is to create a great work of art that will be remembered after you, after you die, right? And, um, uh, and then, you know, did, and then he said he never had, and then, you know, his, the the mother, his daughter had said, well, what about me? And he said, of course, you know, well, maybe if you create a great work of art, then I can live on through you. Um, and so she was trying to shoulder that burden for him and 
more or less failed, although she had created some great music. And that kind of burden passes on to you, poor Benjamin Brin. And that theme kind of carries through the whole thing. The the story kind of trips through his like young life, meeting a girl. Did you did you um so I think there's there's a number of choices you can make throughout this portion of the game. Yeah. Uh, you told me some of the choices you made. Uh, so I tried making uh, pretty opposite choices. I don't think the choices are terribly impactful yeah. in this game. Um, they do change the results of some of the scenes. Um, so I guess we could just talk through it. And if we find places where things were were quite different, we can we can bring it up. I think that tends to be the case in games like this. Uh, because imagine doing a hugely branching narrative um, with this level of like production and voice and mocap. Yeah, uh, it would be it would be quite an undertaking. Yeah, and also once uh, once we get down towards the end, there's there's a feeling that it wouldn't matter really anyway. So uh, we'll get to that. Yeah, that's but, a, that's very true. So Ben's Ben's life trajectory is basically uh, based on his mother's expectations of him, and there's kind of two main characters at the very start of the game, and we add a few members to the cast, but the kind of enduring most important characters are his mother and father. And his mother has very high expectations of him musically, as we brought up. Um, she was very ambitious in her music. Like she wanted to, you know, display, you know, great gene, create a work of great genius. And then the father is presented as kind of the, um, uh, kind of a lovable goof, uh, character who, um, kind of in many ways embodies, the wife's failure to meet those ambitions. I think she's more of a central character than he is, but uh, like he, he is the, um, and the, the little small sea t- seaside town that she lives in with him. Uh, she, she's, this is, this is the life she has ended up with, with, without the success that she sought. Um, you know, I, I think her kind of resentment of that is, is shown through the character of the cat, which, you know, she is allergic to. Uh, but the dad brings into the into the family kind of un, unasked. And then the cat symbolically, I think, becomes quite important to the story. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, there's there's a lot of cat motifs. We can come to some of those later. But, the, you know, of course, the game begins with you're talking to this. Uh, I think I thought of him as a wolf man, but he is sort of ambiguously feline as well. So like even the that. Oh, and I mean, another thing that I noticed immediately was like that scene when you are playing, you know, you're a baby and you're playing with your little toy boat that comes up as a visual element throughout the game. And that is the boat that yeah. or is in a sense the boat that you're riding on with this, this like, you know, uh, deathly boatman. So, you know, there's yes, a lot it of has a clockwork key uh, that winds it. So you're on a giant clockwork toy boat it's clearly a toy boat from the beginning yeah Uh, another thing that comes up there and from the very first scene thematically is the um uh the kind of giant agave plant not agave is that right um maybe the sort of sort of plant is that the one that's like a or is it an aloe plant or i don't know yeah it's like an aloe or an agave a large a large but this is the the sort of um kind of desert succulent that you know lives for 10 years and then puts up a beautiful um, tree-like flower mm-hmm. and then dies. I had one of these in my neighborhood and uh, I always admired my neighbor's gigantic um, gigantic cactus on his lawn and then uh, one day it put up a, a, a towering shoot that went, this is a one-story house, it was fully twice the height of the house um, and had to be um, roped to the house with a with some bungee cords to keep it from falling over into the street. Oh my God. Um, and then, you know, by the time that thing had uh, put down this enormous mast, uh, the whole thing was gone because it died. So and I think that's also it, thematically that comes up a few times in the story, um, just sort of representing um, kind of the beauty of, of something that's impermanent. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. You know, and honestly, I didn't really like follow that sort of like theme thread. So maybe bring that back up when it comes to it. Cause I think that's, yeah, that, that, that's yeah. a good point. And I wasn't thinking so much about that part. Um, the, uh, the interesting thing about this section of the game is that it sort of moves you, I'd say relatively quickly through these beats of his life. Um, you get a bunch of choices about his artistic trajectory you know is he going to spend time connecting with the neighbor girl that he likes um or is he going to spend time preparing for the big audition 
you know, when the audition... Well, that's the main quote-unquote choice that you get, right? Is do, do, Did you study for the music school entry? Oh, no. I, I went out and you... spent all night with the girl, of course. All right. So how was that? Uh, you know, it, it, it's a nice moment. It's not exactly like a, like, you know, thunderclap of romance or anything. These are two children. Um, but they go out and spend time on a beach um, and, you know, look up at the stars. And there's a, a sort of moment where you're, like, connecting stars together into a... Uh, uh, into a constellation. And of course, as all of the scenes in this, it ends far too quickly. Um, you know, and, and this was one of the the major places in the game where like I had a totally, so sometimes in this game, like I was able to like really restrain my blinks. We didn't really talk about that, but like I wear contact lenses before playing this game. I went and like, I like took out my contact lenses. I applied like uh, saline solution and cleaner to them. I put yeah. them back in. I made sure my eyes were nice and wet. And I sat down feeling like I can, I can really, I was like fully lubricated. I was like, I can, I can, I can not blink if I want. Right. And there were definitely stretches in this This game. This is not a game where you're having a staring contest. Uh, This is honestly, you do not have to do that. Like if you cannot stop yourself from blinking there, there are going to be one or two things that maybe don't like, you don't see some small piece of dialogue, but I don't think that's how this game is really built. Also, remember, there's the metronome. Yeah, I don't think you'll ever really miss anything yeah. important. I, I know that I did miss one thing. Either I missed something or something kind of came out of sequence um, because I know there was a detail wh- at some point where the Wolfman was telling my story and he mentioned something that I definitely could not remember. But um, it may also just have been um i don't know like a like a glitch in the the flags in the story um uh, but that's neither here nor there yeah. let's let's kind of stick on the on the, the the topic of of the the life and times of ben brin so for my ben brin um you know in his telling of his life he um stayed home and practiced piano uh, because if you, I'm in a video game and it's clearly about my relationship with my mother, I'm going to try and do the things my mother tells me to do because <laughs> I am a good boy. Um, and so, yeah, stayed home, went to the audition for the music school, uh, did really well in the audition at the music school, still didn't get accepted to the music school. Oh, bummer. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, disappointment. Uh, the disappointment in your mother's voice was uh, sincere. Um but, you know, she said she was clear you'd tried your hardest. Um, and then pretty much after that, uh, he gets very sick. Uh, he stays, he says, says he stays sick and has to stay inside for a year, which is uh, a lot. Uh, and then uh, during that time, he becomes a visual artist. He really starts to draw and you get a lot of practice as he draws and paints, um, which they, they use the mechanics kind of well for that. There's a sort of like uh, lift and place uh, drawing mechanic that I think is kind of cute. Um, and then uh, Ben goes on to have a, to, to an art school where he's accepted to an excellent art school. And you meet this uh, very silly art teacher who I thought was the worst character in the game yeah. because he just didn't make any sense. Yeah, that wasn't great. Um, and then, and then uh, you have a moment where, you know, you're, you get to choose, do I sell out or do I not sell out? Which uh, this, this is presented as selling out, but he's basically getting an agent, which is actually the opposite of selling out. That is taking your artwork very seriously. Okay, you know, I have to, I have to, I have to cut in here for a second to say, like, both of these moments. Um, at the time, I had the feeling like, man, this kind of feels like a person who hasn't gone to art school and hasn't been a uh, like a professional artist writing about what they kind of think it would be like to to go to art school and or be a professional artist. And I was like, man, that's that kind of I mean, phew, what the heck, man? And and then there's a 100 percent plot justification for that that I was like, oh, yeah, we'll yeah. get to that. So but like so we're, we're there. We're at that we're at that turn because uh, right. by the end for my for my version of Ben, he had um, rejected selling out and he'd become a big name artist. And then his mother had passed away and he did a a series of paintings inspired by her music. And, you know, he was a world famous artist. She was remembered through him uh, and he had achieved his ends. And and in the, at the end of that story, uh, neighbor girl, Chloe uh, is, is back and is like, Hey, you remember me? Uh, maybe you want to get a drink sometime. Um, 
And that was the end uh, of the life story of Ben. Yeah. Okay. So this was, and then, then of course, like it cuts to cuts back to the boat, and the uh, the ferryman has figured out that you're lying to him, and he explains to you some kind of kind of a creepy detail, which is that like the um the most important thing when you're going to talk to this uh, to this gatekeeper to move on as your soul is not to lie and the and the creepy birds the sort of seabirds that have been hanging out on your uh, on your boat those are liar birds those are people who have lied to the gatekeeper and have been turned irreversibly into horrible birds and that's what'll happen to you if you lie and my thought was like you know I'm just playing this game dog I didn't like choose to lie to you what are you talking about um but that's where it starts getting into the real like deep the, the the true story here that was like I thought extremely moving, um, so I'll got you know I kind of like spoil it now and then Shane you and I can talk about the themes here and that is basically yep. that um, that Benjamin Brin was a child who you know it mentioned his illness but it sort of was like a, a brief moment in his original version of his story. Yeah. Well, Benjamin Brin is a child that died at I think twelve years old. Uh, of an unspecified illness, but if I had to guess, it was some sort of cancer. Um, and the the lie of like, here's my life that you know that I imagine. This is a life that he imagined for himself, um, and in fact, a life that he wrote down. He you know at, at at some point while he was sick, he got a typewriter and he sat he sat down and wrote the story of his life that he imagined it would be, you know, if he got to live on. This was at a time when it's pretty clear to everybody, although they're not talking about it, that he's he's pretty sick. Um, and so he writes this sort of like speculative biography of himself. Um, and that's the story that you've been telling this boatman. But the true story for Benjamin Brin was that he was a 12-year-old who didn't get to live the kind of life that he wanted to, you know, to live. He didn't get to... Um, and I think I think he's deeply troubled by the fact that he didn't get to do what his you know the, 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 this whole theme with his mother about like um, feeling like you need to create a great work in order to be remembered or for your life to have meaning right he didn't get to do that he died too soon so the 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 way that it, it man this one's a hard one to talk about because I mean it it's it. What it do, what the story does very adeptly is, um, it it kind of has this um, kind of dance around this sort of central point of like what is what is the meaning of life, which I mean that's a lot for a for an, a, a video game to try and take on in in like an hour and a half, but um, the 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 thing is that. Um, there's a scene at the end where I mean, I, I'm just going to go to the very final scene, which is um, so Ben's mother has read his story um, and he or had overheard his story as he was reading it to Chloe, um, uh, who it's it's kind of revealed she'd also lost her mother. And so she wasn't she's like no stranger to death. And so she has she has come to kind of be with him and. Um, they talk through the story, but then the mother overhearing it, like can't confront her son. Um, and then, you know, time passes and she brings to him kind of her version of the story written out. And in that version, um, she just sort of is essentially telling him everything that she, that he means to her. And it was so beautiful. That was that was and the most think, moving scene. I was like, I was bawling. Yeah. And and it concludes, she says to him, you know, he was everything he needed to be just as he was, which which echoes back to what she had kind of wished her father had said to her. And I think it's it's worth mentioning again that like as you're going back and revisiting his life uh in the kind of more truthful way, there are many moments that um were glossed over uh, things that clearly Ben hadn't wanted to recollect on or reflect on, um, you know, while he was alive or, or, or while he was looking at it the first time with the boatman. Um, and those were scenes where 
those are the only times in even the first playthrough where you're really kind of challenged not to blink. You know that a, a scene is going to advance uh, because you'll see a metronome. And if you see a metronome on the screen, it means like, hey, you're going to blink and, and move past this. And there are several scenes where it's like, OK, you're looking at a telephone at the end of a long hallway and you're slowly creeping towards it. Um, and the whole time the metronome is going. And when you're returning to the kind of scene, um, it's things that are of, of uh, kind of buried meaning to uh, to to him. So, for example, his first encounter with death um, is the death of these kittens uh, that's grisly and they're like literally torn apart by wolves and he doesn't want to remember it. Um, and, and his second encounter with death is the death of his grandfather and the fact that his mother um, isn't able to kind of fulfill the things that she that, that she wanted to show to him. And then kind of here at the end to finally have this scene where every time you blink, you're like you're blinking throughout this scene because literally your eyes are filling with tears. Yeah. But because um, it's that sad. But as you're blinking, it's it's him, his story being told to the boatman uh, by the boatman to the to the uh, gatekeeper who is the cat, um, which by the way, what, I, I thought it was so beautiful that the cat comes back. You know, the cat has had that loss as well. The cat has lost its children and, and then disappeared. You know, they thought the cat and the children had must've been eaten by the wolves or coyotes or whatever it is. And now the cat has come back. And so the, the mother is sitting there, the cat is sitting there scruffy and torn up. Um, and then every time you blink, it's alternating back and forth to this, um, this kind of fantasy of the gatekeeper and uh, the story being told by the, the boatman and the story from the mom is the same. And you're, you're just sort of quick cutting back and forth every time you kind of, you know, blot at your tears. Um, and uh, yeah, that, that was the end. The, 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 the mother tells the son that, you know, his life has been perfect and has meaning to her. And, you know, hopefully, hopefully Ben believes that and finds peace as he, as he moves on. And that's the, that's the end of the story, um, which it's absolutely devastated. It really did me too. Oh, one more thing. The agave, the, the, the cactuses, mm-hmm. as you're approaching, uh, every time you blink while you're on the boat, that's the trees all around you are these enormous cactuses that are constantly putting up their like tree, like shoots. And then, and then vanishing. Oh, that's such that was such an effective moment. That was so cool. I and like that's the only time when you can just like blink as much as you like in this game and something does reflect, you know, something changes every time you blink. You know, it it, it was really cool like this this feeling that like you're in this otherworldly space where like you know, time and death are meaningless and as you blink you're seeing every time you blink you're seeing these trees grow from little saplings to like gigantic agave towers and then fade away and and then you know and then you come up on that gigantic cat the gatekeeper and it is it is very ooh it's 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 cool and yeah that that whole ending sequence was just incredibly moving um you know blinking back and forth between this you know the 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 monologue that the uh that the 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 ferryman is telling to the gatekeeper and it's the same thing that your mother is telling to you at the last moments of your life i have never played i so i normally i don't love like cancer and death stories you know i don't want to get too personal on this show but like i'll say that like you know I, you know Shane and i you know our our mother died of cancer when we were teenagers and like um I, you know, I, I've just for, for years in my life, I just sort of always sort of tap out when that's a big theme, you know, on things. It's just something where like, I don't, I don't need somebody else's perspective on that. I didn't know that that was what this was going to be. Me neither. Actually, I'm kind of glad I, I didn't pick it if that was the case. Um, so for f- just, there's a reason that this podcast has not covered, um, even though we were very plugged into the indie game scene in like 2016. We did not cover that dragon cancer, which was like, yeah, you know, so, so th- th- this is something that I think, you know, intentionally or, or just by the fact that we're doing this for fun and not to plumb the depths of our souls. Um, you know, this is not a theme that I think you'll see us address on this show very often, but I am happy that we played this game. 
and I, 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 I found it really moving and personal. Yeah, very much so. Um, yeah, and, uh, you know, more, uh, more affecting than I expected. Um, yes, yeah, especially now that I'm a parent and yeah. I'm seeing the, yeah, by the way. Yeah. Uh, I hear that dragon cancer is a really great. Game. <laughs> yeah. I hear it's good too. I don't know. Maybe, maybe this game has taught me that maybe I'm emotionally and psychologically in a place where I can, um, engage in media that plums these depths more. Um, I know that mm-hmm. when I was a teenager through my twenties and so on, every time I saw a movie that was like about this, it's not even that like I lost my shit. It's just that I felt like I was being emotionally manipulated. You know, like I felt like I was like something about me was being used to create a, a reaction in me that I didn't like. I didn't like the feeling and I didn't like feeling like I was being made to have the feeling. You know what I mean? Hate that. And well, I, I'm personally just not going to have a conversation on a podcast in which I talk about this because it's just not something that I want to share with strangers on the internet. I, I love you all. I appreciate you, but it's, it's private. And personal I, I get, I get that too. I get that too. So, so like, yeah, yeah. leaving it there that this, it, I will just say that this worked for me in a way that media about these themes rarely does. Um, and I found it very moving and affecting and I I 100% recommend playing this game, regardless of your relationship with uh, with parenting or cancer or childhood illness or what have you. Like, I do think it maybe would have been nice to have a heads up about the content, but I I I, I still feel very positive about the experience I had playing this game. At least that dragon cancer put it in the title. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> And so that's uh, before your eyes, and uh, we mentioned it in the in the pre-spoiler wrap-up, but this is on uh, Epic and Steam, and uh, it takes about an hour and a half, and it is definitely worth spending the hour and a half. Make sure you've got a working webcam, and uh, you know, try not to blink too much. Bring the tissues. Yeah, totally. Uh, wow, it was quite something. So um, thanks very much. Uh, We already did our admin before the spoiler break, so uh, we'll let you go. Thanks very much for listening to the the short game. Thank you. Yeah, for real. Thank you.